Welcome back to the Peak Athletics Podcast. On today's episode, we have MLS goalkeeper Andrew Panenberg. Welcome to the show, Andrew. What's going on? Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. Why don't you give us a rundown of your background real quick? Yeah, so uh, I just finished my second uh, year here playing for the Houston Dynamo second team. It's uh, my third year as a professional. I, uh, I played four years of college soccer at Wake Forest University uh, in North Carolina. And then I was drafted to Orlando City in uh, MLS, ultimately ended up playing for a, a second division team in uh, Colorado Springs uh, that year. And then next year, obviously, I uh, ended up here in, uh, in Houston with the Dynamo second team. But yeah, I've been playing goalkeeper since I was about uh, eight years old. And uh, yeah, man, it's just, uh, it's been an adventure. It's been a, a dream and just, uh, you know, continuing to move forward. Awesome. Before we dive into some of the strength and conditioning and training aspects of being a goalkeeper in the MLS, um, this was something that was new to me. Um, so I just want to kind of explain this to people. Can you talk about like how the MLS has different structures? So you have like the higher level and then you said you're on the Dynamo 2 team. So just kind of breaking that down for people that don't know kind of how the MLS system works. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, MLS has been around for probably about like 25 years or so. But uh, two years ago, actually, when I first signed with the Dynamo second team, it was the very uh, first season of so the league is called MLS Next Pro, which basically it's uh, uh, a league for every team in MLS to have a second team. And, uh, you know, basically for multiple reasons of developing young academy players for, you know, de- uh, you know, developing all kinds of players and also sending down guys from the first team and, and getting them minutes. So um, I think in years past, they had tried to implement some kind of system like this, but uh, I don't think it's worked as well as to the degree, de- degree as it has uh, now. So, um, yeah, it's been a pretty successful league as it seems for the past two years, but basically you know, the structure of MLS is just the first, first division, which is the highest in the, in the U S and, um, you know, basically all the teams. And then, uh, there's now the second division where, uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much every single team has a, a second division team. And now even there are like standalone teams being added into the league too. So, um, it's really cool just to see how, how much, you know, the sport is, is growing and even, you know, the league expanding and, you know, new cities and, and popularity. So, um, yeah, it's just a good thing all around for, for soccer. Yeah. And I guess one other thing on this, just cause you brought it up, but like from when you were a youth star and then playing at Wake Forest and just like internationally, soccer has always been a big, big sport, but just as you've grown up and kind of gotten to the MLS level, like how has the MLS in your eyes grown substantially and like do you think it's growing further to have a footprint internationally as well where the united states is starting to kind of make an impact in the soccer world yeah absolutely i mean so i grew up in charlotte north carolina and the only team we had was a second division team where um and even the second division has grown like crazy but at that time you know they're playing at like a high school with a track around it maybe a couple hundred fans so um, and the closest mls team to charlotte at the time was probably like dc united so uh, I never grew up going to any MLS games because it was just like so far. And, um, but it's been amazing to see how it's grown over the years to where, you know, I'm like 10 years old going to those second division games. Cause it's the only thing we have. But as I grew older, there's been a lot more teams that have been added to the league, especially 
in that kind of region, the Southeast region, region like of near Charlotte. So, you know, you've got teams like Atlanta, uh, Orlando was added. And then even now there's a team in Charlotte. Um, so it's been pretty cool from that standpoint to where, um, you know, especially kids in, in the Southeast and from Charlotte and Atlanta and all that, like there are teams that they can now support and follow and, you know, be inspired by. I think I kind of missed out on that as a, as a kid. But, uh, yeah, no, the league has grown like crazy. I mean, just the amount of fan support, um, just, uh, you know, infrastructure, stadiums. And, um, yeah, like you even said internationally, I mean, uh, I think it's no secret to anyone, but, uh, you know, Messi joining Inter-Miami this year. And, um, you know, not even just him. There's more players that uh, have have come to MLS over the past couple of years. And uh, I think some of them, you know, don't go as noticed just because it's not as big of a name as Messi. But, no, the league has definitely grown. Um, the level has improved, you know, like I said, infrastructure, uh, you know, it's grown so much. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years, especially with a, a World Cup here in, in 2026, just how much more it's going to grow in the U.S. But, um, no, it's definitely an exciting time to to be playing soccer and especially, you know, here in the U.S. and, and for MLS. Yeah, I, I know that Messi is definitely – drawn some attention this year and <clears throat> I saw some stats around like Apple subscriptions since they uh show all the MLS games. I don't know like overall views across the US, but I know Apple subscriptions have jumped because of Messi and his tie to that. Yeah, for sure. Hey uh this a this a quick quick question for you as we're talking about kind of like your beginning stages. Um you know I think it's just interesting, right? Like there's a lot of different um you know, positions to play on this, on the soccer pitch. I just wanted to know as you were growing up, what made you decide to be a, a goalkeeper? Um, Cause I think, you know, I get to work with a ton of, I'm very lucky. I get to work with a ton of cool athletes and a lot of, a lot of soccer athletes. Um, but man, go, uh, being a, being a goalkeeper is, is a different animal. So I just wanted to kind of hear like, how did you choose that out of a, out of the field? Yeah, man, it's funny because I feel like anytime you ask a goalkeeper how they became a goalkeeper, it was never like, yeah, I just wanted to be a goalkeeper and, and I chose that. Um, I actually played for my you know local YMCA team when I was like six and seven. And uh, I was actually a striker and I was just like, I love scoring goals. And um, you know, I was pretty good. And at the end of, I think, like one season, my coach had told my parents, you know, uh, I should go try out for like a, a challenge team or like a travel team or whatever. And so we go to the tryouts. And, uh, you know, it's one of those moments where they're like, yeah, we need someone to, to, to play goalie. And I was just like, all right, I'll try it. And I got in and, man, I just fell in love with it. Just the idea of kind of flying around the goal. And, you know, I loved it to just dive around and just kind of like do, you know, whatever. And I also kind of – so I, I made a team and uh, we had a tournament just like a couple weeks later, like my very first, you know, travel soccer tournament. And uh, we ended up, I think, coming in second. But a big realization I had was I'd always be super frustrated, you know, playing as a striker back in my, my YMCA days because I could score like three or four goals, but then we could still lose like five to four or something like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm a competitive guy and I've always you know been competitive even since, you know, that age. But I realized as a, as a keeper, you know, if, if I had a good game, at the very least, we would just tie like zero, zero. But um, like I said, I'm competitive and I feel like um, I like to have control. and I feel like playing goalkeeper helped me, you know, gain a sense of that control and feel like, man, if I can really show up, like I can really help my team win games. So, um, yeah, and I've just carried that with me ever since. It's interesting because I feel like 
sometimes talking with teammates, like being a goalkeeper, it's almost like we play a different sport than the field players, but it's just something I, you know, totally enjoy. I love the aspect of, of playing soccer and be able, being able to use my feet, but then also kind of like being able to fly around and almost being like a, like a wide receiver in moments. So it's kind of its own unique position. And yeah, ever, ever since I, I started at like eight years old, I've just, you know, fallen in love with it. That's cool, man. I also think like to like just being on a defensive side, it just adds like a little bit more pressure and something about defensive players and, you know, just something about having that added pressure is just something special that people want to take on. So um, if I ever played soccer, you would not catch me in a goal. Um, so I just, <laughs> my hat tips to you, my brother. <laughs> it feels like goalkeeping is, there's definitely probably a lot of pressure because I mean, you have multiple people that can score for the team, but at the end of the day, you're the one back there that has to stop that from going through the net, which is definitely a lot of pressure. And also it probably helps you're a little bit taller than most. So what are you about? Six, three, six, four. So that's probably a good height for a goalkeeper. Yeah. Like six, six, two, six, three. I don't know if I can say I was, six, I was trying to be generous and give you some extra, yeah. extra height here. With the cleats so, on, with the cleats on. <laughs> cool. So you're in your off season right now. Um, let's talk about what you do during the off season, as far as like weight training, sport specific training. Um, and that can even kind of dive into just goalkeeping specific and how you kind of work your off season right now. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing about an off season is just, um, having the ability to work on things that you don't get to work on in, in a season, you know, our season preseason usually starts sometime in January. And playoffs can go all the way until, um, you know, October, maybe even November. So all throughout that time, you're pretty much playing games every single weekend. And, uh, you know, I'd say it's pretty difficult to really push it and make, you know, improvements in the gym and just from a, a body like strength perspective. So I think the off season is definitely a great time to, um, you know, work on some of that strength power um, because in the season, you're just so focused on, on, the just the volume of training and then being ready to play games you don't want to be you know lifting like crazy you know a day or two before a game so um that's always been a big focus for me just uh you know getting in the gym getting connected with uh someone who who knows what they're talking about and um trying to put as much time in as i can of just trying to build that you know power strength athleticism so um i'd say that's a really big piece i also think um, being able to work on goalkeeper specific things too. And also again, like maybe smaller, uh, techniques and stuff that maybe we don't work on in the season, just because again, we're so focused on getting ready for games that, you know, you might not even be working on, you know, some of those smaller techniques. So, um, I'd say those are two big things. And I would also say just, um, being able to take a little bit of time just to let your mind and, and body kind of disconnect a little bit, you know, I like to be able to spend time with my family and, um, you know, hang out. So I do think the off season is a great time to, to get stronger and better and, and definitely push it and even separate yourself from the competition. But I would also say, you know, it's definitely a grind mentally and physically January to October, uh, you know, January to November. So I would definitely say um, being able just to kind of take a step back and just again, enjoy some of the things in life that you normally don't get to enjoy. So, um, yeah, I think the balance of those two is, is pretty important. Yeah, definitely. And I guess like on a weekly basis, how do you break down those strength sessions versus skill sessions? What does that look like in the off season? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it kind of depends on what phase of off season I'm in as well. Um, but I would say, you know, right now I'm in the gym like three days a week. Um, you know, try to spread those out as much as you can just to get as much recovery in between and, um, you know, try to schedule the soccer around those to where maybe if I'm not in the gym one day, I can push it a little bit more. But, uh, you know, right now I'm not training as much, uh, like from a soccer perspective, just to kind of give my body a break from that. But, you know, I'm also, um, like I don't have the means of the best kind of training that I could find right now, but as I get closer to uh, preseason and when I'm back home, there's some groups that I usually train with and uh, I definitely will start to kind of amp up the soccer training as I get closer to preseason. But again, yeah, I'd like right now, my big focus is just kind of strength power and all that. So I want to give as much you know time and energy as I can into that. So um, yeah. So like I said, phases of off season, I think maybe the first half it's, it's very good to focus on, you know, the gym, kind of aspect and then as you get closer to preseason uh adding in a bit more of that soccer training just to be ready for you know what the season and preseason is actually going to throw at you that makes sense yeah and i guess compared to an in-season type training i know you mentioned not wanting to lift too much or do too much especially with the load of games you guys have but how does how do you approach in-season training with weight training skill training along with actual games and practice like how does that kind of flow Mm -hmm. yeah uh, i'd say in the gym the weight is a bit lighter and the focus is more just kind of moving it quickly and i would say it's also a lot more movements that might pertain to the movements we have like as a goalkeeper so um just with the team here two days before a game we'd always be in the gym but again like it'd be pretty lightweight and it would also be very specific to like goalkeeper type movements, like a lot of lateral work, a lot of reactive um, type jumps. So um, I think right now is in the off season, the lifting might be a little bit heavier and it might be a little bit slower, which, you know, is not exactly like what you would do in a game. But like I said, I think there's definitely like phases to it. And I think, you know, Chris could talk about that a little bit more, but I think, you know, not having a game this weekend or a game for like two months, it's okay to be able to maybe lift a little bit heavier and um, just to build that strength. So um, yeah. And then when it comes to the soccer training itself, you know, um, like I said, off season, it's a, it's a good time to focus on some of those smaller techniques because in training in the season, it's very tactical. It's very, um, you know, 11 V 11 type, like figuring out situations as opposed to, Hey, let me work on my left foot kicking my weak foot kicking. Um, So yeah, I think off season it can be a lot more technique based while in the season you're thinking a lot more big picture of the game and also, you know, thinking about what the opponent brings on the weekend and how we can use, you know, my skill sets as an individual and the skill sets as of a of the team to, you know, exploit some of those weaknesses. Definitely. And does the the MLS or each organization, how do they structure like coaching resources? Do you guys get a lot of strength and conditioning skill coaching from within the organization? Or is that something you kind of have to go out on your own and and find those coaches to help you progress and build strength and come back from injuries, that type of stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, in my experience as a, as a pro so far, I, I think, especially here at the Dynamo, there's been a, you know a lot of amazing resources from the, strength and conditioning side and also to, you know, the athletic training side of 
you know, helping getting back from, from injuries and stuff. Um, but, you know, I would say, I think it is important to maybe find your own resources and kind of expand your knowledge as much as you can, because, you know, we've got a team of like 20 plus guys and, you know, one main strength coach. So um, just with even those numbers, you know, his attention is obviously going to be divided amongst everyone. And um, especially as a goalkeeper, my needs are so much different than a field player. So I would say, and, and our strength coach obviously understands that and my program is, is different than, than the field players. But I think if you want to progress higher and into the next level, um, I think it's always best to continue to, you know, look for outside resources, you know, continue to develop your knowledge. If you look at any of the, the greatest athletes in the world, uh, you know, they've all got guys who are kind of outside of the, the team environment. So um, I think just that continual learning and trying to stretch yourself and look for more is always a, a great quality. So um, applying that to the, you know, strength and conditioning side is, is definitely an important thing. Andrew, I know you talk, we're talking about the in-season, off-season training right now. Like, I know that me and you have talked numerous times. Obviously, we have great conversations as we're training. But I think, like, one thing that you kind of pointed out to me is when we first started working together was how different this off-season has been for you. Um, would you mind just kind of, like, speaking on that a little bit and um, just kind of how it's how it's been different for you and how our training has been I guess different from what previous off seasons have been for for you. Hmm. Yeah, I would say probably uh, two main ways. I would say the first thing I think that accountability is is really important, and I think you know uh, my past off seasons I've been given like workouts to do, which I think is good, like specific goalkeeper program workouts. But um, you know I've been working with Chris for the past couple of weeks, just like one on one, and I think. Uh, being able to have a coach who is, uh, you know, working with you specifically while you're working out and can see what you're doing and is there to, you know, push you and to make any kind of corrections on movements, I think is, uh, can, can make a very big difference. So I think while, again, in the years past, I've had goalkeeper specific type workouts, just to have someone who is there with me on a daily basis um, has been really good from a accountability kind of pushing me out of my comfort zone standpoint, but then also, um, yeah, just to help me with, with all my movements and making sure I'm doing everything right. I'd say the other thing, uh, I think in the past, you know, I don't know where I've gotten this from, but I think I've been kind of afraid of lifting heavy. I think, you know, I've kind of believed that like, Oh, if you lift heavy, you know, you kind of like get heavier and like, I'm like, I don't want to be a bodybuilder or anything, but, um, I definitely think there is something to be said about, you know, again, especially in this phase of, of off season, uh, you know, building some real strength and power. Cause again, if I try to do any of this stuff in, in season, it's going to be, you know, really difficult me for really difficult for me to make progress, but then even to perform in, in training and games. So, um, I think Chris has definitely opened my eyes to, you know, what it takes to actually make real strides from a strength power standpoint. And I think even kind of fighting that belief of like oh yeah you know like sometimes i'll tell myself like oh i'm a soccer player like i don't need to be in the gym as much but i mean you look at some of the top goalkeepers in the world and i mean they're definitely like strong guys you know spend a decent bit of time in the gym so um yeah i think fighting some of those old maybe dated beliefs is uh is important yeah i mean on our journey bro it's been obviously a pleasure to work with you but um 
kind of just been good week on week to see you getting stronger and stronger. And I think Jordan, me and you have talked about this before, but like when we're, when we're looking at different cultures of sport, right? Like every culture is, is different from like a weight room standpoint. Um, but man, we can all benefit from it, not only from a performance standpoint, but uh, an injury prevention, um, a resiliency standpoint, just to continue throughout that, that's that long season that you guys have. So I'm glad that you're, uh, getting strong, getting jacked. Um, and then we're also able to move well too. So, yeah, even adding on to that, the culture of sports, like, I think maybe some of those beliefs might be right for field players, but again, it's like, I almost play a completely different sport. Like my needs are completely different of that, of like a winger who has to get up and down the field nonstop all game long. And to where, you know, my job is to operate in a, you know, eight yard space and be able to, you know, make, you know, upper 90 saves or just get my heart rate up for, for about 10 seconds. And then, you know, I'm calm for another like five minutes. So, um, yeah, again, I think just kind of understanding as a goalkeeper, like it's, it's a different world than, than what the field players need. With the position you play, um, you probably see some different injuries and not saying that you have had any of these, but you think of some of the injuries that the field players are up against, but like goal specific goalkeeper specific, what type of demand or like injuries do you see common across goalkeepers or just like, how is your body beat up from training daily or even just playing in games? Like what is something that people might not think of? Cause you think of a goalkeeper back there, like probably like huh, they're not running. So there might not be injuries, but you're diving all over the place. You're hitting balls. Like what are some things around that specific position that people may not realize in the kind of the ins and outs of getting beat up on a daily basis playing back there? Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question. I think that obviously there are injuries that happen. You know, there are goalkeepers who tear an ACL or, you know, whatever these things. So those things do happen. But I would say the main injuries I see are just more of the kind of wear and tear, the daily kind of like smaller type injuries. You know, you even think about if I've been playing goalkeeper since I'm eight, you know, and I'm 25 now, it's 17 years. I mean, I can only imagine the amount of times I've, I've hit the ground. And, you know, obviously those – uh it kind of accumulates over time, just, um, you know, all, all those hits. So I think it's, it's important to, you know, recognize that. And again, like I said, in the off season, maybe, you know, you hit the ground and you train so hard in season to where tailoring off season training in a way that maybe I'm not diving as much, right. Again, like focusing on the, the strength training and, and all that, but maybe even my goalkeeper specific training, it's more distribution, it's more handling, it's more footwork to where, you know, as a goalkeeper, you know, people talk about just the longevity of goalkeepers. I mean, you have keepers playing up until, you know, 40s, maybe even like mid 40s and stuff. So, um, but I think to have that longevity, you have to realize that, um, you know, you might have to take it a little bit easier on your body when the time is right. So um, I definitely think, think, like I said, the off season is a good time to, to make progress. It's just making sure that you're making the right progress. Because if I get into my off season training and I'm just, hitting the ground nonstop. I think from a strategic long-term uh, view, that's probably not the the smartest thing. So um, yeah, I would say just being smart with your own training and making sure that, um, you know, you're giving your body just the time to kind of heal and, and not get too beat up. But I would also say definitely over the past recent years, I've seen the importance of having you know, what they call like maybe like a prehab plan just for knowing that certain, uh, you know, especially as a goalkeeper, 
we know that there are some of these smaller injuries that uh, are more common than, you know, others. So uh, I, I would say like shoulders are a big thing. We're always diving and we're always throwing. So um, I think getting connected with some kind of resource, whether it be like an athletic trainer or, a, you know, maybe even a strength coach or like a physical therapist and figuring out, you know, a plan to where making sure that like I might not have an injury with my shoulder right now or like a, you know, a big injury or whatever, but like working all those muscles and making sure that I'm doing all the things on a daily basis now to, uh, you know, ensure that I can play for the next 10, 15 years, whatever it might be. So I think just that skill of maybe even looking ahead and, you know, even for some of the younger goalkeepers, younger soccer players, younger athletes, knowing that, Hey, I am going to get older and, you know, I am putting in a lot of work and knowing that, you know, injuries do happen and just making sure that I'm doing, you know, all the things that I can to make sure that, uh, you know, again, like having that bigger perspective of maybe I don't have a specific injury right now, but I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I can play for as long as I can. Cause I mean, I would imagine it's any athlete's goal to prolong their career as, as long as possible. So, um, but it, it's interesting cause it's just like, I think that process can start, you know, at a very early age. And I think, um, making sure that you have that long-term perspective as, as early as possible is, is, uh, is very important. I think like you, you speak a good point just as a former college athlete, I was never a, a pro football player, but I'm like 10 years older than you and my body is just banged up. So being able to take care of it now, uh, cause I know when I get up out of bed, I'm, I'm creaking and I'm, and I'm popping and clicking. So, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, just trying to address those small issues now before they turn into bigger ones. Yeah. I would also say, um, just an example, I have a, a mentor who I, I work with like a, a mindset coach and he played two years for the New Orleans saints. And, uh, he, uh, said something when we were working together a couple of years ago, this was back when Drew Brees before he retired, but he was like, there's only one player who's still on the saints today when, you know, as when I was back playing with them and he was like, and it's Drew Brees. And he was like, he was always the guy who was in the gym, who was in the, you know, athletic training room doing all the little shoulder things. And it's just like, man, that stuff adds up. And again, it's like, if you know, some of these, you know, great guys like Drew Brees, who, you know, all time, you know, great quarterback in the NFL, if he's doing it, it's like, you know, you got to make sure you got that somewhere in your, in your training plans. For sure. And I, hopefully people don't think it's just, you're doing back squats, deadlifts, bench press. Like there's a lot of little things. And I know Chris and I've talked about this. Like there's a lot of unilateral movements and things that aren't necessarily major strength lifts that most people think about. Um, and that's kind of what like we, even as we're building out our company are trying to think about like, how do we get people outside of sports or former athletes to think like an athlete and train like an athlete for longevity? So there's there's that component to it um, and just training like an athlete long term. So you're building those resistance and resiliencies and, and you know, injuries are going to happen no matter what. You talked about that. You like expect it to happen, but you try to mitigate it. So I'm um, going back to the mindset coach. Like, let's let's dabble in that. We don't have to talk about the coach specifically, but game day. Like, what is how do you prepare yourself mentally? Like, Maybe what is this mindset coach? How do they help you build up to game day and, and your thought process going into those days? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I started working with him probably back in the end of 2018. And I, you know, me and Chris have talked about this, but I had played one game between my freshman and, and sophomore years. I played one game my freshman year. I didn't play any of my sophomore year. I redshirted and uh, I kind of got to a place where I had always been a, a very good goalkeeper. You know, I was actually 
called into the U17 national team, you know, when I was in high school. And so, you know, I've always kind of played at a high level, but I knew that there was something holding me back. And I think a lot of it had to do with just like what was going on in my, in my head and um, just kind of like lacking confidence. So I ended up getting connected with, uh, you know, my coach now and uh, I started working with him. And it's funny, just months later in 2019, I had just like a breakout year. Uh, I became the starter for my team at Wake. We, uh, we made it to a Final Four that year. I played almost every second of every game. I won a, a national championship with my semi-pro team that summer. So um, I think just the mindset piece can't be, you know, overstated enough. I think it's really important. But yeah, going back to your question, I think for me, the biggest things when it comes to, you know, the mindset piece is I would say too many athletes, especially young athletes, try to show up on a game day and treat that just like it's the biggest thing in the world. You know what I'm saying? To where I think some of the best athletes of all time, they treat every single day like game day. You know, they, they walk into a practice where, you know, the average athlete will walk into a practice and think, okay, today's practice. But the best athletes, they walk into a, a training and they think like, yo, this is game seven. You know what I'm saying? This is everything on the line right now to where it's like when it is game seven and, you know, everything is on the line and all the pressure is on. It's like, you've already been there like mentally so long and you've, like it's just like another day but most athletes they just train kind of maybe not at 100 percent, and then they try to you know psych themselves up on game day listen to some music and uh, i'm not knocking you know, i love listening to music on game day but um i think that you know you've got to prepare every single day to be ready for those moments you know what i'm saying you can't just like mentally get up just for for when the you know the lights are on so um, I think just having that kind of mentality and, and training at that level every single day and, and treating it like that, um, I think is the the biggest thing to being able to perform when, when it matters most. I think um, to like work, been working with you, like, again, we've always had like really good conversations when we're training, but the one thing I know that's a lot different from you than a lot of the other athletes that I train, whether that be high school or other professionals or college athletes is that you definitely take time to work on that mindset game whether that's you reading books listening to podcasts um i think that's just like you said that's just such a big thing to go through as like not just your training but mentally prepare for those big time moments and um yeah man i think that's something like you saying all that stuff is like really big for youth athletes to to hear that you know you're prepping your body but mindset um man is just so powerful uh so that's that's just really cool to kind of see how you use that for your, you know, for your training, but also like motivation for yourself to continue to reach new heights and, um, you know, and, and also your goals and dreams. I feel like mindset's probably something that's overlooked by many. Um, and I'm not saying people need to go. I mean, I'm having flashbacks of watching the Michael Jordan documentary where he was in his teammates' faces during practice and kind of treated that a little more physical but to your point it's like you have to prepare every day like it's game day and not just wait till game seven um because it does matter and then just mindset in general just staying positive having a positive outlook it, it's crazy how much it can impact so and especially the level you're playing at so when you start getting to the professional level it's probably even a bigger deal because it's just small incremental things between that level of athlete so like you're all top level athletes and then there's just those little incremental things that might make someone 
a superstar versus just a a good professional athlete. So it's like just those things. And I'm sure the mental aspect is definitely a big portion of that where some people get away with athleticism so much that eventually though, that type of stuff catches up. Um, going back to like wake forest, you mentioned that, um, we won't dive too far into that, but just, I guess the difference between jumping from wake to the pros, like any big things that stand out as far as like the athletes around you, the training, anything that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. I would say it's actually funny because I think when you think about becoming a, a professional or a professional athlete, you would think that, you know, every single person is locked in. Everyone is all, you know, like they're all pros, but if you get in any group of people, you're going to have certain amount of people who are, you know, highly committed, some who are just there and some who just like, don't even care. You know what I'm saying? And in any, you know, group of individuals. So, um, I think that when I first became a pro, I expected everyone to just be super locked in. And obviously you have your guys who, you know, like are, and, um, might be the top guys on the team. But I think that I was surprised by, you know, the amount of guys who just kind of are there, you know, on a daily basis, just kind of going through the motions. And, um, but I would also say, I think one thing that college didn't really prepare me for when it came to becoming a professional was just the idea that, you know, professional sports is a business, right? And I think that in college, I might've gotten opportunities just because, you know, I was a good person and like I treated people well and whatever. But I think uh, as I became a pro, I started to learn that, you know, coaches don't care about that. They just need to know, like, can you win a game for me? Can, can you make saves? And, uh, you know, it should be that way because it's just like that's, you know, we are judged based on performance and based on, uh, you know, wins and losses. But I think I didn't realize how, I mean, I, I think cutthroat can be the wrong word because it sounds, you know, a little intense. But it's just like, you know, kind of like you said of the the difference between people is not that much. And, you know, you got to get any single edge that you can on a daily basis. So the way that I approach it is just like every decision that I make on a daily basis like matters, you know, because I have to get those inches. I have to, you know, win as much as I can so I can be able to, you know, win in training and win on game day. So, um, you know, also something that comes to mind too, when I, uh, when I was a college goalkeeper, I competed with, I'd say about four or five goalkeepers, other goalkeepers in my whole time at wake, you know, just with guys who came in and out, but you have to realize as a professional, you're competing against all the athletes, all the goalkeepers of the world. You know, it's like, you could be the starting goalkeeper on your team right now, you know, better than the two or three other keepers on your team right now. But it's like, if you're not getting the job done, they're going to go out and find someone. And some, you look at a sport like soccer, they'll go to any country in the world and, and go get someone. So it's just like, you almost have to have a bigger perspective of like having standards for yourself beyond the guys next to you, right? Because if I'm just comparing myself to the two guys next to me right now, it's like, well, there's a dude off in Japan right now who is like five times better than these guys. He's working you know, so much harder and his standards for everything. So it's like, I need to have my own internal standards of what, you know, a good training session looks like, or, you know, specific, specific areas of my game of like, this is how good I need to be. And I think, you know, in college, I I thought too small and I just compared myself to the guys next to me, just like an example, the guy who was starting over me, my freshman and sophomore years, he, uh, he was amazing with his feet. So for those two years, 
I just worked so hard on my feet. And I just thought, like, how can I be this much better than him? And while that was really good and my feet got a lot better, it was like there were all these other areas in my game that I completely neglected just because I was so focused on my feet and just so focused on him instead of being focused on being the best version of myself and setting my own standards instead of, you know, comparing myself to the standards that were just already in my environment. Got it. Yeah, that's uh, good information there. And I guess talking about the MLS and yourself here, like any big, and this doesn't have to be just MLS and maybe international, but any big career goals or aspirations you're still fairly young in the sport. So like anything lofty out there you're shooting for that you want to share or comfortable talking about? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, uh, it's always been a goal of mine to, to play for the national team, to, to represent my country. Like I said, when I was uh, 17, I, I trained with the U17 national team twice. So they used to have a, like a residency in, in Bradenton, Florida. And so I got called in and just to wear a U.S. logo, like going into a, a training and, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a different feeling. and you know, I've never played like in a youth national team game or a, like a, a senior national team game or anything, but um, that's definitely a goal of mine. You know, always been a goal of mine to play in a World Cup, to win a World Cup, you know, for my country. Those are, uh, you know, definitely goals I've always had and, and still have. Um, I also want to play at the, the highest levels in Europe. You know, I've always watched European soccer and obviously MLS is growing and it's definitely an amazing league, but, uh, you know, the highest leagues are over there in Europe. So um, I think, getting over there and, and playing for, for some of those teams. Uh, yeah, definitely a dream of mine. And uh, obviously it takes doing well, just where I'm at right now. So that's why, uh, you know, I'm pretty highly focused on just making the most of every day and making the most of, of any opportunity, just kind of put in front of me. But uh, yeah, man, over the next, you know, couple of years, definitely see myself, uh, you know, hopefully playing for the national team, you know, playing in a world cup, you know, playing here uh, in front of the U S fans in 2026, you know, you never know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, man. It, it sounds like you're putting the work in to get there. So it's, it's definitely within reach, I guess for the, the younger soccer players out there that want to get to where you are, like any kind of recommendations or advice that you would give someone that's younger, that wants to be a professional goalkeeper and kind of how to work their way towards that. Yeah, I mean, just even kind of going off what we were just talking about, I remember, um, you know, being in high school, man. I was in high school, and I remember I was thinking about, like, I was going to put pictures of, like, a World Cup trophy on my wall or, like, an MLS Cup or, you know, some of these uh, trophies in some of these European leagues. And uh, I was kind of, like, looking around. I'm like, am I allowed to do this? Like, is this can I, like, set these goals? And uh, you know, one of the big principles of the – coach I work with my, my mindset coach is setting your goals just as high as possible and things you actually want and things that might even like scare you a little bit. And, um, man, I wish that when I was younger, I, I would have done that because man, I've seen over the years, just how possible things are and how your current circumstances don't determine where you're going. And, uh, I think really, you know, I don't want to get all cliche, but I think the only limitations that we really have is just like, the limits of our imagination. So um, I would say to any young athlete, young goalkeeper, man, just dream as big as possible. You know, listen to some of those dreams and, and desires that you have inside of you. And, um, you know, just continue to remind yourself of those on a daily basis, you know, be it any kind of, uh, 
you know, pictures or music or, or videos. You know, I have still downloaded on my computer the 2006 World Cup movie because that was the first uh, thing I'd ever, the 2006 World Cup was like my very first introduction to soccer. And um, so those are my like youngest memories and, and dreams of, of soccer. And I still watch that movie, you know, to this day. So I think setting those goals, having ways of, um, you know, reminding yourself of those just on a daily basis, I think is, is huge. And then on the flip side of that is setting those goals and all that, but then coming back to the, today and knowing that those things don't happen just by sitting and dreaming while that's important. Um, you have to bring it back to today of like, okay, what can I do today to get me there? Right. And no matter what environment you're in, like be the best version of yourself in that environment every single day, be the first one there before practice, be the last one to leave, you know, be the hardest worker, the most positive, you know, the hardest working, you know, do the extra reps, everything you can, because it's like, that's the only way you're ever going to get there. So I think it's almost balancing those two mindsets of taking time to dream and to think about those goals, but know that you've got to put it in right now in order to get there. So, um, yeah, I would say those are probably two of the biggest things, man. I, I wish I knew I've always been like a, a hard worker, but I think you can almost work harder when you have dreams and goals like that. You know what I'm saying? Cause if my goals are just to, you know, I don't even know, just play professionally. I hear a lot of young athletes say that I ask them what their goals are. It's like, Oh, I just want to play pro. Well, it's like, okay, there's a difference between playing pro for a third division team in Iceland versus playing for, you know, Barcelona or playing for Real Madrid. And I'm a big believer in, you know, the more specific you set your goals, the more you know likely it is to, to reach them. So um, yeah, I think setting those specific goals and also setting them high enough and desirable enough to make sure that the work you put in on a daily basis, there's a reason behind it. There's a purpose. You know, I think it's a lot easier to get out of, out of bed thinking about winning a World Cup trophy than it is, you know, playing for some random team somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So for well, sure. And I, I go ahead, that. Chris. Um, go ahead. No, man, I I think like like what you, what you hit on, right? Like a lot of people, well, the one one difference, again, going back to kind of just training you with your mindset is like, I think it's very easy for us to be as, as athletes to get very frustrated with maybe some circumstances or, you know, just different things like life, right? Like this life in general. But the one thing like that you do is the the little things, right? Again, just as a coach that works with you, right? Just appreciate the things. And what the athletes can learn is number one, you show up on time, right? You're there at least 10 minutes earlier just to get your roll foam roller in, whatever. Um, and then also like you obviously crush the workouts and crush, crush the training sessions. You have that a PT session that you'll go to once or twice a week. You stay after to, you know, like continue like kind of that routine that you're in, whether that be stretching, you know, whatever you're doing. Um, I just think, man, that's just such a big thing. But the last thing is just the whole mindset piece, which I know you're really big on is like when we're training, you're never really like too high, too low. You're very even kill and you, but you also believe in yourself, right? Whether that be we're doing 10 sets of two reps on deadlift, right? Or whatever, you're always wanting more. You're always talking, I would say like positive to yourself. Um, you're encouraging yourself, which is, you know, in such a negative world and, you know, we see a lot of negative things. Um, it's easy to kind of get down on ourselves or frustrated. But I think the one thing too, just, you know, speaking from a coach, things that, you know, people can learn from you, man, is just being, being positive and just attacking each day. Um, Cause I, I think also too, is like, you don't let 
you know, whatever else is going on outside of your life, right? When we're when we're in the facility and it's time to train, you're locked in on what you have to do, not really too worried about the he said, she said stuff, you know. So um I think that's a that's a big thing that where you can you can set a huge example for the 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 youth coming up. Um so So we've we've talked a lot about do you mind if I just say something real quick, kind of yeah, going, go for yeah. It. So um, I think going back to that daily aspect and making the most of every day, one quote that, you know, I hold with me pretty dear. Uh, I was actually told to me by one of my goalkeeper coaches, former goalkeeper coach, who I still um, work with and keep in contact with, but he told me, he said, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I remember at the time he actually said it to me in reference of, so this was after my 2018 season in college my sophomore year where I didn't play a single game and uh we were actually just out like getting dinner one night um in January you know right before the spring season of my my junior year and he asked me how I was doing in school and I told him I was like it's probably the that fall was probably the worst semester of school I ever had and um I told him I was like well why does it matter I'm like, I, don't, I don't really care about school and like I had a couple like C's and stuff which like that had never been me and he told me he was like hey man how you do anything is how you do everything he was like, so if you're slacking in school and you're not putting in the effort in school, he's like, it's going to affect you on the field. I was like, what's this guy talking about? Like, and I almost left like mad that night. I was like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. But over the years, I've started to realize that, you know, like you said, the difference between winning and losing in anything is just like, it can be so small. So it's like, you have to win in all the little areas that you can win. And it's almost like the energy and the attitude that you bring to one thing in your life, it carries over to these other things that you do. And it's funny because that junior year, that fall, you know, a couple months later after he told me that quote was when I had all the success in the world in soccer, um, you know, like breakout season and all that. And it was funny enough, that was like the best semester of school I ever had. So um, again, I think going back for maybe some of these younger goalkeepers, younger athletes, just make sure that you have high standards for yourself and everything that you do, you know, be it your schoolwork, be it the way that you, you know, treat your, your, your friends and family and, you know, the way that you, you know, clean your room or, you know, make your bed or whatever it is, I think, um, all those things carry into a lot of the bigger things. So, um, yeah, that quote is uh, pretty important to me. How you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, that is great advice, not just for the youth, but probably everybody out there. So, and it's definitely holds true too. So, um, touched on a lot of soccer stuff, a lot of training stuff. Um, we're getting towards the end here. Let's talk about what you do outside of soccer or any big post career aspirations i know you got a long career ahead of you still but like anything outside of soccer that you love to do or and kind of want to do in the future yeah i'm uh i'm pretty big into just kind of like health and, and wellness and so i love you know being in the gym obviously to get better um from a training performance standpoint but it's like i also just love to like work out and i love even like going to the you know chris's gym it's like there are a lot of cool people there and just kind of meeting new people and kind of hearing their experiences and, you know, what they're going through and talking with different athletes, um, I think is, is really important. So, um, yeah, man, I love to, to work out. I love being outside, like love nature. Um, I love to read, you know, just talking about like mindset and just, I love to kind of learn from people who have done great things and just kind of seeing what led them to, to do those great things. Um, you know, I enjoy spending time with family and, and, and good friends and, um, so just kind of a lot of that stuff, but, um, what was there another kind of question in there or yeah, maybe any like post soccer career oh, yeah. aspirations. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, like I, you know, goalkeeping for me is bigger than just like what I do. I just like, I, I, I love 
I love it so much. And, um, you know, I, I also think that being a goalkeeper teaches just so many aspects of, of life and, um, yeah, it can be a, a very good teacher. So, you know, it's a dream of mine. I want to have my own like goalkeeper facility just where, you know, like being able to, to train goalkeepers and to, you know, even teach some of these like mental pieces and, you know, having like seminars and like having goalkeeper coaches and some of the best goalkeepers in the world, like meeting there. Um, that's definitely a dream of mine. And even, you know, maybe after that, like I would love to have my own gym or like my own kind of like wellness center, just a place where people can, can work out and have that sense of community and uh, meet people. And, uh, you know, I, I just, it, it's changed my life of just having sports and having a sense of community and just, uh, you know, being able to like work out and, and use my body. So uh, as much as I can, I would love to give that gift back to people of just like having one place where, you know, anyone could, could show up and, and better themselves, meet people, you know, learn about the body and the mind and, um, you know, learn about like cooking or like yoga or some stuff like that. So, um, those are, yeah, some of the biggest like dreams I have. Awesome. So until you get to that point in your career where you, where you have the the time to do that, where is the best place for people to kind of follow you on your, your, on your journey, um, or any content you put out there, any good social channels that you have that people can follow you on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my Instagram is a Pannenberg, just a P A N N E N B E R G. But I also, uh, recently have started a YouTube channel. Uh, it's focused on helping, you know, develop young goalkeepers, teaching them just, you know, lessons that I've learned throughout my career and also just kind of documenting my journey. That one's called invincible goalkeeping. So you can just look that up on YouTube. Um, put out a lot of content, just, uh, based on just advice and things like stories that I've gone through and how you can apply it. Uh, you know, just documenting, you know, day to day kind of travel games or whatever it is. And also like training clips and, and all that. So, um, yeah, just kind of started recently, but a lot of, uh, exciting stuff coming out there soon. So yeah, invincible goalkeeping is, is that one. Great. Yeah, definitely. Everybody should go follow along the journey and kind of learn here, learn some more stuff from Andrew. Um, that wraps up today. Thanks again, Andrew, for joining us. This was a, a great conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. See you guys.